Well, we, Amy and I were actually there last year and you had kind of announced that that was going to be your last individual competition. And, yeah. And the crowd went crazy for you. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that was amazing. So I was going to ask you, like, how did that feel, um, coming off the floor that last time? It was, it was electric, I think, because knowing that you've, I've spent so many years in the gym training and then so many years and seasons on the competition floor and like knowing, all right, cool, you know, I'll be back or I'm the hope is to be back or the goal is to be back. Um, cause nothing's obviously guaranteed each year, but, um, being out there, like there was a, just a wave of emotion, like happiness, gratefulness, excitement, like tears of joy in the sense where it's like, man, like I'm so thankful for the community supporting me over these years because I, w- I wouldn't be here for the community and all this competition wouldn't be here without the community, well, without you guys in the stands cheering and supporting. And so that like, it really warmed my heart and made me just feel like at peace, like at ease, like I've given everything I've got over the years. And it's like, I'm, I'm grateful and fulfilled for all that has unfolded. Um, and just honored to be able to celebrate that floor with everyone that was there last year. So I like brings back tears in my eyes, trying not to cry <laughs> right now, just thinking about it because it was just a an incredible experience. And I imagine you guys probably felt the energy, but all that energy there was just so like uplifting. It was it was a really unique feeling that I'm I'm grateful that I have that experience and that that memory for me for me. Hi, my name is Scott Schweitzer, and I am the Clydesdale CrossFitter. My friends Amy Radowski, Charlie Odie, and I we love the sport of CrossFit. We are 40 plus masters athletes who just love to watch the sport and want to let you know what's going on all the way from the open to the sanctionals to the CrossFit games. We also want to give you interviews with athletes, human interest stories, and things that will help you in your daily grind uh, as a CrossFit athlete. We also want to share our own struggles through our workouts, our nutrition plans, all the way to getting healthy and fit uh, for our family and friends. If you like what you hear, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and please consider giving us a five-star rating. And now off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale CrossFitter and Friends. Hey everyone, welcome to the Clydesdale CrossFitter and Friends. It's another Just Amy edition. What's going on, Amy? Not much, Schweitzer. How are you? I am I'm pretty good, actually. Yeah, feeling good. It's kind of of a crazy day because yesterday it was like in the 50s and 60s, and I'm looking outside and it has been snowing all day. And what I think is funny about that is I think jokes on the snow because we aren't leaving our houses anyway. (laughs) Yeah, there's there's probably a couple inches at least here in Columbus. Um, Not what we expected today. No, not at all. No. Not at all. And while we're kind of huddled up in our houses, I'm sure the rest of the country is feeling that way, too, with the coronavirus outbreak uh, kind of putting a halt to a lot of things. And so we we don't Amy and I are in no way, shape or form experts in the coronavirus. And so we're not going to talk about what that means or anything like that. But we do want to talk to you about the effect it's had on the sanctional season for CrossFit for sure. Yeah, definitely. And so if you have not already heard, um, the sanctionals pretty much have either been postponed or canceled all the way up until Rogue, which is mid-May, I think May 14th. 
Yeah. And the email that I got from Rogue, um, I got two emails from Rogue. One, because I'm volunteering, and two, um, as a ticket purchaser for the event, was that, you know, they are just going to be monitoring this closely and that they will let make a decision by April 15th if they will still be holding it. So, and a couple of, tight on that. Yeah. And a couple of the sanctionals have posted uh, new dates uh, around the June, July area. So, wow. So there seems, Yikes. <laughs> yeah. So there seems to be some optimism that hopefully by summer we'll be a little bit back to normal. Um, right on with those schedules. So, um, again, I am not an expert. I'm just telling you that they have rescheduled. Uh, I know Mid Atlantic uh, German Throwdown, Asian CrossFit Championships, all have tentative new dates, um, and they are in the June July area. Uh, Morning Chalk Cup has all of that information if you want to go check that out. Yep. So, so I, oh, go I ahead. just want to add that, you know, everybody's out there going crazy about making sure they stock up on their toilet paper. And I'm just out here worried about stocking up on my wine if I'm going to be stuck at home. I'm just, I'm, if I'm just being real. <laughs> I'm, I'm worried. About I, I am shocked. You, I know it's pretty shocking to know that, but I figure if if I get desperate for toilet paper, I'm going to hop on my neighborhood Facebook page and I'm going to ask, can anyone spare a square? That's that's my plan. And hopefully but someone will respond to that. I'm pretty sure they will, um, because I I'm not sure though if I got on there and said, hey, I'm out of wine, can anybody spare a box? I'm not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't give up my box of wine. So. Well, speaking of boxes of wine, yes, you know, you and I and Charlie actually all had the opportunity to interview one Miss Margot Alvarez. Yes, although we, I just want to point out the goat wine is not in a box. It is in a bottle. And I can't wait to try some when all this craziness dies down. Yeah, so we, we actually had a... An, it was a pretty long interview with Margot, and actually, first of all, we want to wish her a happy birthday because as we're recording this on Saturday night, uh, it is her birthday, and so happy, yes, happy birthday, Margot. Yes, happy birthday, Margot. And uh, I have to say, I think this is the perfect interview for this time of uh, our our podcast life because with all the craziness going on going on in the world. Um, Margot has to be one of the sweetest people I've ever talked to in my life. Yeah, she was very easy to talk to. And, and just like we said, you know, in our interview with her, she was so approachable um, and just very, very humble and very open to, to talking with fans. And I just, I love that about her. And so with that, let's go to the interview with Margot and we'll catch up with you after that's done. Hey, Margo, how you doing? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Good. Well, I have two people in the room with me. I have co-hosts on this podcast, and I have Amy Radowski. Hi there. Hi, Amy. And I have Charlie Odie. Hello. Hi, Charlie. Uh, we're so glad you could join us today. Um, and so thank we you for want- having me. I oh, appreciate it. Thank you. And we wanted to let the listeners know this is seven-time games athlete, uh, six as an individual, one as a team, Margo Alvarez. And we are so happy to have her. 
Thank you guys. Thank you for having me again. I appreciate it. So um, one of the questions just out of the gate I wanted to ask you is you, you went to the game six times as an individual and once as a team. How different was that experience? It was a different experience because obviously you have three other individual people that you are counting on. You're a team. You want to uphold your end of what you have to do. And obviously they're feeling the same way. So it's a different experience in terms of making sure you don't want to let anyone of your ability to obviously put the whole team together um, to be the best you can. So it was, I think having six years as individual experience on um, that prepped me, obviously for going onto the team to having that, to know what it feels like being out there with adrenaline and nerves. I think the team dynamic was a little bit more fun because it allows you maybe to not get inside your own head too much where you, you, you think a lot about the workouts, you think about the strategy. And so I think it was, Overall, it was still great experiences in both realms, both individual and team. But the team was a little bit more of a fun dynamic because you have people around you kind of constantly all the time versus maybe being by yourself at points, which is, I think, a great a great thing to have when you're out there competing. Yeah. Well, it's funny. We actually had um, Christy on our show uh, for episode nine. And awesome. she, she talked about how one of the best parts of being on a team was you. Christy's amazing. She, um, I like, I think, and it's funny because I mean, this kind of whole, the whole team aspect came together like super last minute. And if I was going to do any team related, I talked to CJ when this opportunity arose, I was like, you know, I'll do this if Christy's the other partner, like the other female on the team. And it just, she's such a good human like good heart, good soul. She's an amazing competitor, incredible athlete. And so, I mean, when, when you tell me that, like it brings this huge smile to my face. Mm -hmm. It's like, I feel the same way about her. It's like she having her on the team of the other female, like was amazing. And it was an incredible experience to have her by my side. And she's, I call, I consider her a really good friend and we, maybe we don't see each other as often as we'd want, but like being able to keep in touch and stay in tune, like just having that camaraderie and that good energy on our team, I think makes it so much more of a better experience because not only, yeah, you might mesh well together as athletes, but I think it's more important that you mesh well as people. And she's just a good person and what she represents and, you know, the standards that she upholds to herself as a business owner, a gym owner, a human an individual. And so I just very blessed to have her on the team and just have her as a friend. So it was definitely an incredible experience. And obviously the two guys, Holden and Sam, amazing, both good humans as well. Um, but it's it's always good to find good girlfriends that you can you know be around and kind of count on and support on with one another. Yeah, she she said the same thing that you guys have become lifelong friends like immediately yes. when you were teammates. Um, and 100%. And it's funny, she actually lives right down the street from us or her, and her gym is right down the street from us. Um, That's awesome. And uh, she's a pretty she's a pretty cool lady. She's uh, super cool. So when I looked back at your CrossFit career, you actually competed in three different regions, which, mm -hmm. seemed, which is a little different than the other athletes we've talked to. Was there a reason that you had to bounce around a little bit? Um, there was no, not reason. I think just moving in life kind of happened. Um, I'd been in California ever since I graduated college. I moved to California in the Bay Area and I was pretty much there uh, for about six years. Met my fiance there and we, I think after a while, like California was good, but it was, we wanted a change. And so we ended up moving, leaving California, love the Bay area, but cost of living was getting up more expensive. 
uh, traffic was getting a little crazier and we'd both been there a good number of years. So we wanted to change it up. And uh, my fiance is originally from El Paso. And so we thought, you know, to be closer to his family, let's move over there. Um, and he had a good number, like cousins, um, sisters, brothers, mom and dad were all over there. And there was awesome, an awesome gym that we went to go train at while we were over there. So it was a good move for both of us in terms of being able to do that. And then that, so that went from California and then that I went to, I believe it was South in 2015. Yeah. South region. And then my, um, my grandma actually fell into 2015 and shattered her hip and her elbow. And so she had to go to, um, oh obviously the hospital and then I was going to hospice care. And so my grandma, my grandma now she's like 97. So at that time, a couple of years ago, what, three years ago, she was 94 and having that happen, it kind of put like how many maybe open my eyes. I was like, man, like I love my grandma. I obviously love all my family. I don't want to go through a period of another period in my life where I have minimal regrets about seeing family. And I don't know if you know this, but um, I try to be open about it when I share my story, but my sister had passed away in a car accident in 2008. And so that is something kind of a reminder for myself. Like don't take things for granted, make sure you make the most of opportunities. And my grandma having, you know, two areas that were shattered or broken and her health, you know, maybe not being so well and her being older, I made a decision. We made the decision to move back home and help her out and help my grandma out. So that was kind of the move to Montana. And that put me in that West region that year. Um, and after being there for about seven, eight months, my grandma got out of the hospital within like three or four months, which is amazing, probably faster than some of the people that she was there with at a younger age. But um, after that happened, we had decided kind of the same time frame was I'm wanting to start the wine business and move into that building that company starting that company and so in order to do that we ended up moving to utah where our farm is at and so there was another change right there where i kind of went back to the south so i know that was really a lot of talking and kind of a, a side tangent story <laughs> but that was the move to kind of all three locations a lot of it, it wasn't it wasn't planned it was kind of life happening um things that didn't didn't really plan for obviously my grandma getting hurt um, but making the best decision on what we need to do for business. And it's, and if you think about it, it's, it's a good amount of moving like each year you think of moving, but it was something that needed to happen to be close to my family. It was something to happen, um, that I needed to move for business. And so that put me in three different regions over the past so many years. Yeah. It just shows that, you know, how necessary it is when you're are trying to balance life and work and, and make sure that you have a balanced life that, you know, that you would need to make those changes and, 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 totally, hundred percent. Yeah, and it's and it, I think it's great that you say that. It's it is about balance, and that's something we promote now with my lifestyle, my business, and it's it's all about balance, and that balance is different for everybody. And as much as competing was a hundred percent what I was doing at that time, it was my entire livelihood besides the coaching and training, um, and that was a priority. But at the same time, like my family and the people around me in my community were also important. And so I had to find that balance of like, you know, where do I need to be in the best situation where I can be close to family or be around my, my community, but then also make sure that I'm able to train and get in what I need to do to still compete at a high level. Exactly. I think that's what, so, um, yeah, I think that's just a, a really important piece and something, you know, I personally really try to strive for is just some of that balance with, with all of that. So, yeah, that's great. Well, you brought up your, your sister and, um, when I first got into CrossFit and started watching CrossFit, you did a commercial uh, where mm-hmm. you where you told that story in like a commercial form. What what brought you to that decision? So um, that was with LifeProof, one of my sponsors at the time, and something I've kind of I mean I feel like I've always been open about 
my story because I feel like if I can share my story and hopefully impact someone in obviously in a positive and that's something I want to do um and working with Life Proof and their team they had asked you know their their whole theme that they wanted to do and promote is like you know kind of breaking past barriers or breaking past challenges um in your life and that was something that I was like you know what were some of the pivotal points in my life and I was like well this is one of the most pivotal points in my life um and it obviously continues to still be that to this day um, there's obviously changes that have happened in my life that have set me on different courses, but that was the one that was most pivotal. And so uh, that was, they asked if that would be okay to, you know, share my story. And if we, we theme the commercial behind that. And I was like, I'm, I'm totally fine with that because if I can hopefully, again, like I said, share my story or share the struggles that I went through or the hardships that I went through to get through that. And if that hopefully inspires someone else, or if that hopefully gives hope to someone else that they're going through the same thing or a similar situation that a family member has passed or they've gone through abuse or they've gone through something that has tested them mentally, physically, emotionally, then by all means, let me share my story so I can hopefully help them out of that dark spot. Yeah. It, it was very impactful. Like I remember it vividly to this day. Um, so thank you very much for sharing that. Of course. Um, thank you for sharing with me. <laughs> so, um, one, we, Amy wanted to ask you about one event particular, in particular at the games, uh, that yeah. you you crushed. Oh, it's got to be that row marathon. <laughs> so, be- before that, though, would you um, tell us about your collegiate background as far as um, you, you know competing and and sports with all that? Did you have um, a rowing background? No. So it's it's funny because going. And like into college, I played volleyball and golf in high school, um, played like an all state level for four years and loved both of those sports, wanted to continue either one of those at a collegiate level, was a little too short for volleyball. And the, the university that I went to didn't have a golf team, um, tried starting one, didn't formulate, formulate, um, kind of come to fruition. And so I just focused on school and then doing some study broads and my own kind of working out. And so I didn't have actually any collegiate support within the university. I did about a year and a half to two years of outrigger canoe paddling. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. It's really big. Um, I think obviously on the coast where the water is, but really big in the Polynesian culture in Hawaii. So I went to Hawaii Pacific university. And so they have a lot of like kind of club sports that you can do out there. You just join on your own and so I was actually working as a bartender and uh the owner of the bar told me about it and I was like all right I'll check it out I'll try it and so I did outward canoe paddling for about two years and I think that in terms of length of competition that was probably the only event that I've done that was that long it was the Molokai Channel the Nawahin for the women it's 41 miles paddling from the island of uh Hawaii or um excuse me um I totally blinked for a second, 41 miles um, from one of the islands to Oahu. And so that's 41 miles in the boat. Obviously, you rotate out. Um, You take times rotating with your team of nine or ten individuals. But that length of time probably took seven, seven and a half hours. That's not obviously the best or fastest time out there. But that was a long time in a boat. So in terms of experience beforehand, that's probably the length of experience I had um, for a longer event. That is incredible. So how painful was that row marathon? So, so it wasn't, it was, I mean, it's again, relative, right? right. So I had, I had done one marathon row before that in okay. 2014 for Christmas. Um, Sam Briggs had actually asked me, she was in the UK uh, and I was in Montana and she'd asked me, you know, Hey, would you 
want to do this row marathon with me for, you know, obviously it's for a fundraiser and, you know, why not? And I'm like, okay, well, Sam's asking me and it's for a fundraiser. I definitely can't say no. So I uh, ended up doing it for the first time in Montana and had a kind of basis of what it felt like. Okay. So when I, when it was released in 2018, I was like, all right, I've done this before. Like I kind of saw it coming, meaning I saw some sort of long, long event. I actually thought it was going to be a marathon run before marathon row. But um, when it came out, I was like, all right, cool. I was like, let's do this. Like, let's get started. So I think the the after the marathon row, like once you got off the, off the roller yes. and then you're trying to move and like bend back down to grab your basket of goodies. I was like, nope, not going to happen. Right. Oh, my so, goodness. Well, that was yeah, awesome. It was a thank you. Yeah, it was a it was a good event. I think it. It's, I think it's one that obviously tests you physically, but Dave Castro even said, you know, he, he did it multiple times. So he knows all of us could do it. I think a big part of it was mentally making sure that you don't mind F yourself and that you stay focused on the task at hand. Yeah. And you, you defeated all but three men, correct? Uh, I mean, like I passed all but three men. Yeah. I, I don't know the stats on that. I know I did beat a good handful of men. Um, I think I remember talking to uh, Noah afterwards, uh, and he was like, my only goal is to make sure I beat Margo off the roar. <laughs> I was like, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know the stats, though. I'd have to go and look time frame-wise. But if that's the correct and you looked it up, then that's probably right. Yeah, I'm, I'm going by memory, so it, okay, I, it yeah, could be off awesome. a number or two. But, um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Um, so we want to talk a little bit about what's in our backyard and that's the rogue invitational that you're, you've committed to this year as a legend. Mm-hmm. So we're excited to see you back on the competition floor. Are you excited to be there? I'm, I'm very excited. I'm very, I'm very honored to be invited back as a legend. Um, I know last year when I did it, I had a phenomenal experience. It was so well put together, obviously being there with individuals and legends, being able to see, you know, Chris Clever and Becca Voigt and these athletes. I mean, it's amazing. Cause I remember when I first got into CrossFit and when I first found it, I remember seeing them at one of my most vivid memories was in 2011 at the South regional or SoCal, excuse me, SoCal regional. I saw Becca Voigt, Katie Hogan and Chris Clever lined up for the thruster, like the thruster ladder. And it's so cool to be able to kind of flashback and remember that and then flash forward and then be able to be there, you know, becoming good friends and being able to be able to share that competition floor and having them come all this way. So to be able to be invited back this year as a legend um, and be able to compete with them, I'm just, I'm very, very, again, like I said, very honored and excited. Um, I know, I know last year I said, you know, last individual competition, um, which it has been, I've done some like fun team competitions, obviously did team last year, but for this, it's like, coming back and being able to throw down and just celebrate fitness and community and the camaraderie of everyone over the years is, is something that I um, am really excited about. Well, we, Amy and I were actually there last year and you'd kind of announced that that was going to be your last individual competition. Yeah. And the crowd went crazy for you. Um, Yeah. That, yeah, that was amazing. So I was going to ask you like, how did that feel um, coming off the floor that last time? It was, it was electric, I think, because knowing that you've, I've spent so many years in the gym training and then so many years and seasons on the competition floor and like knowing, all right, cool, you know, I'll be back or I'm the hope is to be back or the goal is to be back because um, nothing's obviously guaranteed each year. But um, being out there, like there was a, just a wave of emotion, like happiness, gratefulness, excitement, like 
tears of joy in the sense where it's like, man, like I'm so thankful for the community supporting me over these years because I, w- I wouldn't be here for the community and all this competition wouldn't be here without the community, well, without you guys in the stands cheering and supporting. And so that like, it really warmed my heart and made me just feel like at peace, like at ease, like I've given everything I've got over the years. And it's like, I'm, I'm grateful and fulfilled for all that has unfolded um, and just honored to be able to celebrate that floor with everyone that was there last year. So I like brings back tears in my eyes, trying not to cry <laughs> right now, just thinking about it. Cause it was just a, an incredible experience. And I imagine you guys probably felt the energy, but all that energy there was just so, like uplifting it was it was a really unique feeling that i'm i'm grateful that i have that experience and that that memory for me for me and i think it's awesome to look at this as as like a full circle moment just how you were looking at you know katie hogan and them uh and all now you're getting to be a legend and other athletes and spectators are getting to look at you in awe that's a that's a great thing that's amazing yeah that's incredible i couldn't say it any better than that that's I'm, and I'm very honored to be in that role and be in that position, like as a legend. That was really cool. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And and I want to say um, that that the, what the what the community was giving you was well deserved. I've I've bumped into you a few times over the years, and every time that I've talked to you, you have given full attention to the people around you. Um, we my wife and I actually bumped into you at the Arnold, uh, probably three or four years ago. And you talk to us for 10, 15 minutes just about open tips and how to do this open wad and like yes, just so I giving remember. with your time. You, oh, you remember? I, I, yes. I think well, I think it's so amazing. That, like I remember, I mean, I've been to Arnold, what, I think this will be my fifth year going and being able to like meet and talk to you guys and anyone else that, that comes up and asks and say, Hey, you know, can I ask a question? It's like, yes, hundred percent, of course. And I think it's important because like we're all human and we're all, you know, we're all striving for something and it's like to be able to share knowledge or insight or experience or connect with people like the community and the people and the memories are what's going to last longer. And I think that's something that I try to, I I always want to treat others how I would want to be treated. And I think it's really important that that is expressed. Obviously not everyone operates the same way. Everyone's a little different, but I think it's really important to treat others how you want to be treated to, you know, take time to talk to people and fully be engaging. Cause it's like, okay, well this person, I may not know them, but you know, who's to know that I might learn something from them or vice versa. And I think it's all about those experiences and like, think about all the people in the world that we may never even come in contact with, but the people that you do, you might be able to learn something amazing or have some, something, something in common or an incredible experience. And it's like the more of those that I can encounter or come across, like I'll be, I'll be, obviously blessed for that because life is shorter than within you anticipate. Well, and, and I can speak to that genuineness of, of you because I think we ran into you at the 17.2 announcement that was at rogue. And, yep. and I remember, um, I think Scott and I came over to talk to you and I remember you specifically asking us what our name was and, and wanting to talk to us. And I remember that sticking out to me as being really important because, you know, I'm looking at you as this, you know, big celebrity and here you are, you know, caring to ask what my name, my name is, um, when you were talking to me. So I just think that really stands out about how genuine you are when, when you're talking to people with relationships. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's, again, I think it's important to, because I want to know who I'm talking to. I want to know where they're from or where you guys were from or anyone's 
kind of background story depending on like what where the layout is if we have tons of time to talk if we just even if it's short like i just want to get to know people because it's like again like here's someone that's on a journey that we we had something in common that whether it was crossfit or the arnold or something that pulled us together that crossed paths like again that doesn't always happen and so now there's an opportunity that presents itself like you got to take full advantage of that to engage with people and learn from one another so um I definitely want to see you guys again when I come back to Ohio, Columbus. <laughs> well, I've I've never actually met you like like these two, but maybe one day we'll run into each other well, at a winery, you. and you can tell me it, a red or a white or a. <laughs> <laughs> so well, let's I'll build a cross paths. Yeah, so let's move into some more some fun things. Um, I saw you're doing Wad on the Waves too. Mm-hmm. Uh, did yep. I take it you had so much fun on Wad on the Waves one that you j- came back for the sequel? <laughs> exactly yeah it was so much fun i had to come back and get more (laughs) yeah it was um the first one was an incredible experience um and then this one that they're planning obviously a little later it's in april last year was in january um last year i ended up doing a wine tasting on there um which was an incredible experience being able to share the wines and our labels and our story this year we'll be doing another we'll be doing two of them um, the theme will be a little bit different, kind of talking about Paso Robles wine, talking a little bit more about story and just, you know, how to taste wine, how to obviously enjoy it. But, um, yeah, it was an incredible experience. And I'm looking forward to the next one. It's about the same time frame in terms of like four-ish days. Um, this year it's a Thursday through Monday. And then I think last year was like a Monday through Friday. Oh, cool. Yeah. Are you guys going? Have you checked it out? Uh, or obviously heard about it. I, I wish. I wish. Yeah, we, we're... I, we're still working the nine to five gig and it's uh, keeping us down a little bit. So <laughs> got to get, gotta well, you get... guys are hustling. Yeah. So the next thing I want to talk about is um, I went on your website um, and I saw that you were named after Chateau Margot. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, and I always wondered why the spelling of Margot the way it was, but now it makes sense that I saw that. And so yeah. we want to jump into your wine business and Amy's really excited about this segment. Yes. I, I, awesome. I am a wine lover. She is our games hey. athlete of wine. <laughs> so, that yes. is a great way to put it. So what what oh. led you into into wanting to own a winery? So I've done, um, we have a, a farm in Utah and we started, I started planting grapes there back in 2011. The piece of property was there, wasn't being used and we were going to lose water rights. And so we started planting vines um, and every year I'd come back. I wouldn't be able to be there full time, obviously, but every year I'd come back, um, plant some vines and then would harvest. And so the first year came back in 2012, my sister and my mom came with, uh, and then 2014 brought my fiance, Alex. Um, harvesting, harvesting, and it was a really cool experience. I loved being able to, you know, obviously cut the grapes from the vine, put them in the barrels, and then look back at the end of the day and say, man, like all these vines are are grape-free pretty much from all of our work and effort that we put into it. So that was a really cool experience. And I I think it was right after 2015 games, um, after I finished ninth that year, and I was like, you know, I want to, I want to win the games. I want to be the fittest on earth. And Alex and I were having a conversation and, you know, talking about like, you know, what would happen after that? What would be next? What would be the follow through after that? And it kind of made me think like, you know, what do I want to do after that? You know, like once I reached that goal, like what would I want to move on? And I was like, I, I love being a trainer. I love coaching, but I was like, I want to do more. And I, I started to really think about 
obviously I love fitness and I love being able to share that with people, being able to coach and help people with their fitness goals, but also love winemaking. I love the passion behind it. I love the, the patience that you have to have it. I love that, that there's so many parallels between fitness and wine that you have to be patient. You have to be patient. You have to enjoy the process. It takes a lot of reps within the fitness realm or it takes a lot of months or time for the wine to age in the barrel and the bottle. And so thinking, I was like, well, you know, why not you know, the wine is good. I like, I like the process. I like what we're doing here. Why not start a business and, and share that philosophically and merge the two passions of mine together. And so that was when we started thinking, all right, let's, let's start this wine business. Um, obviously there's a lot more that kind of goes into that, but, uh, it was going to be hard and challenging to get licensing in Utah. So we ended up getting licensing in California, got all the paperwork and got that set up in California. So we'd take our grapes from Utah to California, did that. And while we were doing that, we're meeting a lot of people in Paso Robles in California and finding out that, um, we could start sourcing our grapes and wine from Paso Robles. It'd be a more of a streamlined process. We wouldn't have to drive eight hours on the road each way, driving grapes and dropping them off. And so while we were taking those grapes from Utah to California, we also started sourcing wine and grapes in Paso. And so when we did all the bottling, it was right before the 2017 games. Um, got all the wine bottled, got all the labels, everything printed production-wise, and then got the wine, got worked with a distributor um, and got the wine into Wisconsin and then launched at the 2017 games. That's so cool. So, yeah, yeah it's uh, and obviously it's been, it'll be three years this summer, we're kind of our three year mark, but the whole philosophy again, behind like wanting to share fitness and wine, I don't, as of, far as I know, I don't think there's anyone out there that's blending the two. Um, but our whole message is work hard, wind down, whether you work hard in the gym, career, school, family, whatever it is, at the end of the day, you relax and enjoy a glass of wine or a couple glasses of wine with your, by yourself, friends, family, whatever. And the whole message is to em embrace the struggles, embrace the celebrations that you have through life and just appreciate every moment. Cause obviously there's no guarantee about tomorrow, next month, next year. And so I just wanted to share that with people and, having the, the parallels between fitness and wine were very similar. And so I thought that was a, a perfect way to, you know, share my message and share the wine, obviously. So, so as a games athlete, and I assume that, you know, um, nutrition and all that has been an important part of your process. So can you tell me how can I fit this wine into my macros or is that just so, all about the balance? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, that's the biggest thing is while I was competing, um, I can't remember whenever I start, I'm trying to think to the, even before I start, I would still enjoy a glass of wine, maybe two a night. But the biggest thing in terms of the macros and like how you fit it in, I I would say at the end of the day, just, you know, relax. Don't worry about it. Have a glass or two of wine. Um, obviously I, I, we focus on red blends. We focus on red wine. And so that has been kind of our promotion of, you know, enjoy the glass of wine. Don't necessarily worry about the the macros in it or the calories. And it's obviously, if you drink a full bottle of wine, that's a different story, but not promoting that, you know, talking sure. about moderation and balance. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, Amy, but I not a full bottle. Okay. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> again, nothing wrong, you know, maybe today, <laughs> maybe tomorrow, maybe not every day. Um, but the whole thing is, again, it comes back to that balance where it's like, at the end of the day, relax, like a glass of wine um, is going to, at least for myself, again, can't speak for others, but allows me to relax, just enjoy everything, kind of settle in, and settling is different for everyone. But I think it's more like at the end of the day, kind of like close that chapter, close that book, and like 
allow yourself to just relax and enjoy it versus like stressing like oh like and it, it's hard because i've realized and i've seen a lot in our society within the u.s it's all about go 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 and the next thing and the, and the next project and the next goal and that is important to focus on the next thing to be ready and um prepared for what's ahead but at the same time if you're not appreciating where you're at and enjoying literally all the the day's work that you put in then you kind of get forget about that and you get caught caught up in this like whirlwind and this the cycle of not really appreciating the day that you had so yeah. that's what i would say to that certainly so um i've heard good things about your wine how how hey, would that's i go good. how would i go about getting some so we have most of our wine online um on thegoatwine.com, most of our wine we can ship to the wine can be shipped to most states. Uh, we can ship to Ohio. We're currently sold out of the goat of the goat right now, which is super unfortunate. Uh, I mean, it's a good thing, a good problem to have. But we're working on the next production right now. Hopefully, having it bottled by the end of March, beginning of April. Um, for people that are in Vegas or visit Vegas, you can get it here in Vegas. Uh, we also have it in distribution in Boulder, Colorado. The goal that we're working with now is to get more production so we get it into more distribution into other states. And they actually, the other two states we're looking at right now is Texas and Ohio. We've had big community interests from Ohio and Texas, and so those are the kind of two states we want to focus on with distribution. So from a business perspective, this is getting to be pretty big for you, I take it. And and what is your goal moving forward? It is. It is. This is 100% full-time. Um, the goal uh, is increase our production. So we want to double production from last year. We want to get into more retail locations, not only in the Vegas area, but I'd like to get into distribution nationwide. That'd be a goal. That's going to take um, more production, more wine, um, more backing financially to be able to get more money into marketing and advertising and so we'd like to eventually um, bring people to vegas to be able to share our message um, and also travel to other locations as well so the ultimate goal is to be able to get distribution worldwide that's the the future goal so we're just kind of taking it year by year right now but definitely this year is the double production from last year that's really cool and you said you focus on the reds um is yes, there is so there any any future plans of moving into other grapes or just sticking with what you know? We no, we would definitely like to add a white. Um, the goal right now is when I mean, we're sourcing our grapes and wine from Paso Robles, the goal would be able to secure um, not only just the wine, but also the grapes from certain farms so that we can control everything that we're doing in terms of obviously like the winemaking, the bottling, um, the blending, all that. So we definitely want to add a white in there. Um, there's obviously tons of wine already on the market. If you look at, you go to a store and you see tons of wines, um, on the shelf and you go to a wine shop, you know, you pick and choose, but red blends, I think are one for people that are relatively new to starting to drink wine. Those are kind of the go-to wines people start with. Um, I love blends because there's, they're really diverse in terms of the flavors and the palate that you can taste on your tongue. You have multiple different aromas and smells from different grapes so i mean you probably know amy like there's amazing different wines out there and i love single varietal wines but blends are something that we've specialized yeah. in the past few years so i'd like to continue doing blends but definitely i'm not going to shy away from a single varietal wine like a pinot noir um or even a white like Semillon blanc or a Viognier. that's awesome i can't wait to try some yeah i'll uh i definitely hope to to bring some we wanted we're actually we're trying to work to bring the wine um to 
the rogue invitational. So we'll see how yes. that works timing wise. Perfect. Well, yeah, I, we'll try. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping to judge. So if you need like an extra rep or something, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, here's a bottle. <laughs> That's funny. No, I would never do that. The integrity of the sport no, is much yes. too important. I, and I would never want that either. I would, <laughs> that. I would want everything to be fair. Right. I wouldn't want hard you to... and then we'll, and I wouldn't want you to drink that and then go judge either. Exactly. <laughs> Correct. Fitness first and then wine. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, so speaking of that, I, I take it you're still doing CrossFit for your exercise and fitness? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So still training CrossFit style. I'll do a lot of uh, classes with the community here, which is awesome. I love it. I think after training by myself or with Alex or with friends here and there every once in a while, having a group of people that I'm with more consistently being in the gym is always a good push and a fun change up. And so still doing that. And then, um, I do, I love odd object stuff like working with sandbags and just odd training. I like strongman training. Um, it's been, it's just been fun kind of to take a step back and not spend so many hours in the gym, be able to spend more time with the business with the business traveling a little bit more. And so that takes obviously more time on the road or flying. And so making sure that I'm smart with like mobility and recovery, that's really important as well. Um, cause all the sitting can add up and that's not good. Charlie, I think you have a question. Oh yeah. Um, so how does that, um, how did that go with, I know you were doing some, uh, so the, the Ninja warrior training a couple, is it a couple that, years back or a few? Yeah. Or, last year. Yeah. Last year. That was super fun. I enjoyed it. I think it was really good cause it allows you to focus on your body and space and you think of gymnastics overall, mm -hmm. um, that does the job, but doing ninja stuff and learning the timing of all that stuff from you know moving from a solid objects object like you have like a bar to like an actual object that's moving in space and then you're trying to learn to move your body in space with that moving object mm -hmm. so that was really cool so i did some of that last year um and then uh like loved it played around with it and then did some did a little bit of that this year um, I've actually started focusing on long drive golf or long drive golf. And so last year was my first year competing and doing that. They've released their schedule this year. It's not as many events and some of the events that I could make them already have prior obligations. So I'm hoping to compete in some more long drive this year as well. It'll probably be more on the East coast as they have more East coast events, but that's something I've really loved because I used to play golf growing up. And so being able to focus on one swing and one club is kind of nice because obviously that playing a full round of 18 can take a lot of time, right. but, um, I love it. So you take constantly varied to a whole new level. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> Try all the sports. hundred <laughs> percent. Awesome. Well, so cool. I, I know you've done some announcing in the past. Do you see any of that in your future or? Yes, most definitely. I, uh, I've obviously had, I've had the opportunity to do some announcing with Rogue, with Iron Game, and that's been incredible. Um, I feel comfortable on camera, and I like challenging myself. I, I seem to gravitate towards challenging things in my life. I, I don't know why, um, but I like to push and see what I'm capable of. And so been doing that a little bit. Done some stuff kind of with regionals, where I did some commentating for some of the regional events when regionals were still around, and then being able to do the Iron Game um, did that back for the open back in October and then did it at Santa Monica, um, for the Arnold strongman down there. And I'll be doing some actually for the Arnold, um, this upcoming next week, actually next week, yeah, it's here already, but um, I really love it. I will hopefully see myself doing more of that. Um, I love that role. I love again, challenging myself, putting myself in different situations. So I hope to do more of that in the future. We'll say that. Oh, you seem to get along with Dan really well. 
Yes, Dan is awesome. He, um, again, just another good, wholehearted person, just like Christy. And being around like-minded individuals is always really refreshing. And he just, he has a really good heart and a really good soul. And I would definitely consider him a really good friend. Um, And obviously being able to, we've had, I think, moments where we've competed together. Obviously in 2015, we had the opportunity to compete on Team USA and obviously share that platform and we won it and being in Madrid and having that experience is really cool. So having the competitive as an athlete, but also as a friend, being able to, again, you're on now for a talk show and we're, we're commentating. It's always good to have um, a friendship or relationship where you can understand one another. You, you kind of vibe with them. So when you're talking back and forth, whether it be strongman or CrossFit or whatever, you're able to um, feel out of the person out. So you know how that conversation is going to go. And again, just being around good people, is awesome and he enjoys wine too so that's a plus <laughs> and w- weren't you the person that unveiled him as a singer's yes that's what i wanted to ask about <laughs> <laughs> yes actually that is so funny yeah so he came out here in april of last year yes it's almost been a year and we did some fitness videos um did some training in the gym and then we did some kind of wine tastings and wine events and uh we asked him if he would be okay like playing the guitar because i knew he'd play the guitar because i did the trail run the ultimate trail run in 2014 in hawaii and i saw that he was playing guitar on after the after that race one on like on saturday i think it was he was playing the, the guitar in front of everyone i was like oh my gosh dan can play the guitar and sing i was like why doesn't why doesn't he promote this or share this or talk about it or do it more and so when he came down here alex and i were talking to him I was like hey we'd love for you to play the guitar and he was like oh a little resistant i was like no you're going to play because you have a good voice you can play like people want to know about this and so we shared it and people were like oh my gosh i didn't know dan played the guitar and i was like see i told you like nobody knew you need to share people- it wanted so. to know because he it was awesome yeah, he's I, he really was good. really good yep i agree and so i think he I think dan's very uh, very humble and very kind which again has that great heart that good soul very genuine selfless and i think that he doesn't obviously put that out there um and that's what makes you humble and kind and so i think um him just being maybe a little more confident or excuse me a little more comfortable with that and i think uh after that after we put it out there he's like okay i think once he saw all the the great comments and the good feedback from people and like people sharing it over and over i think he's like man like all right cool i can do this so it was uh, it was really cool to see just because he's so talented and it's like, you know, you want people to excel in something that they they have the ability to do that. Like, I know I definitely can't sing and I definitely can't <laughs> play the guitar. So it was really cool to um, to kind of like watch it unfold in action and then also um, have him do more of it. So 10 years from now, when he's rich and famous from his singing career, you get, you'll always be the, the one known as the person who found him. Exactly. Yeah. I'll be his manager. <laughs> Just kidding. No, well, Dan's awesome. Well, we don't want to keep you too long. We, and thank you so much for taking out some time for us. But we want to give of you the course. opportunity one more time to give your email or not your email. Sorry. Your website <laughs> on where that the people too. can get your wine uh, and, and anything about what's going on with uh, appearances you're making and things like that. Yeah, so uh, if you want to check out for the wine, they can go to people can go to the goatwine.com or we also have the Instagram, the goat wine on Instagram. Um, and then my Instagram is 321GoGAUX. But hopefully, I uh, definitely will be in Columbus um, for the Arnold next week and then for the Rogue Invitational in May. Um, hopefully, 
spending more time out there. I know Dan and Christy both live out there. So it definitely gives me a good reason to come visit more. Yeah. They're, and it's a great city too. And a lot of fun. Things it is. Here. I, I really love Columbus. Yeah. I love mountains and I've always seen myself gravitating toward mountains. And even though there's not many mountains out there, it's still, it's beautiful. And it's just, it's very uh, peaceful when I've been out there, which is amazing. I would agree on that. I like the mountains parts. That's that's the part we're missing here for sure. Yeah. yeah. But I think there's plenty of things that probably make up for it, like yeah. the beautiful yeah. weather and mm. lakes pretty, and all that. It's so. pretty gray right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not during the winter. Yeah, well, maybe not during the winter. Fall. <laughs> but we're going to actually be at the Arnold. I'm going to be competing. And I, Scott, I think you're working. I'm, I'm, I'm judging the CrossFit competition. Okay, yeah. So we'll awesome. And that's, that's all in the same area, right? They have new arenas, I guess, this year, or new buildings? Yeah, well, we're right beside the Strongman. You are? Okay. Yeah, so I, I just got the the briefing tonight, uh, and we're right okay. beside the Strongman if you're calling that. So we'll, we may run into you again. Awesome. Yeah, I, I won't be calling it, but I'll definitely be there. I think our the Iron Game booth will be close to the Strongman um kind of arena or competition floor so hopefully i'll be able to see you guys and if you guys are right next door then that makes it easy to kind of pop over and check out the competition well cool well thank That'll you again awesome. margo for, yeah, for taking course. some time and uh thank we you hope all. to see you next week and yeah it was great talking to you yes, we'll... it was great talking to you all thank you and hopefully we'll... i'll see you guys next week yeah and we'll talk to you soon sounds good all right bye all right bye, bye. so that was a really good interview with margo we had a really good time um and again, it's her birthday, and so we hope uh, that she's having a wonderful day today, and I uh, hope you enjoyed that that interview as well. So I got a couple questions for you, uh, Amy Radowski. Oh, okay. Are you recovered? Oh, from my around-the-world toaster rings and my my 12-foot boxed, yeah. uh, no, my 12-foot wall ball attempts. Yeah, all three. Yep. Yep, I, I'm recovered from that. Um, actually, I will say, though, here was the thing. I found a really, I, I had a hard time getting motivated to work out this week, and that's very much unlike me. Like, I'm usually, I don't love to take rest days. I really like to just get after it in the gym. Um, so, so that was just kind of unusual for me. I think definitely the three days of competition played a lot into that. And then, uh, just this week has been kind of stressful. So I saw a funny meme that was talking about teachers. And I feel like I just need to share with you about all the things that happened this week for teachers. Because first, let's start off with that there was a time change. Okay, so that affects teachers greatly anytime that we are changing clocks. Uh, there was a full moon. It was Friday the 13th. <laughs> the COVID-19 pandemic and a national emergency. So personally as a teacher, that's a lot in one week. So I've definitely been recovering, but it's, hopefully. it's a lot for just us normal working people. Yes. Right. Um, and we don't, I agree. And we don't have to watch kids. Well, you know, sometimes I supervise staff and that feels like, like that. Yeah. yeah. I feel like coaching a lot of times is very similar to um, teaching preschoolers. And that's not <laughs> going to be surprising to to any of the athletes at our gym because I often say that to them, especially when I'm coaching 4.30 p.m. class. I feel like I'm hurting the crew because they've gotten off from work and they're, like, ready to go and be social. I'm like, hey, let's let's bring it in here, guys. Um, yes, to answer your question in the short way, I'm recovered now. Well, and it's very, un and I will back you up. It's very unlike you not to be motivated to work out. Um, 
you you yeah. usually are in my face uh, and yeah. our crew's face about where the hell are you or get your ass in here. Suck it up. Get to work. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're kind of our little rah-rah cheerleader. Yeah. Which you put on yeah. display prominently last week at the Arnold. You know it. I did. <laughs> yes. Yep. That's true. So, um, so you didn't, you weren't motivated to work out, but how was your workout week other than just lack of motivation? Yeah. So I took Monday off. I worked out on Tuesday, like real, just easy. I kind of, I hopped on the concept two bike. I did a hundred calories and then I did a hundred single unders. So I did two rounds of that. Not really for time, but just to, just to move. Um, Wednesday, I did a kind of a light workout. And then Thursday, Thursday, it was a 40 plus club. Um, we did the workout as prescribed, you know, um, for that day, but maybe going, I would say a level eight. So not quite a 10, not going after it for sure. And then I did come in with one of our other coaches on Friday and, and did get after it pretty good. So, and then today on Saturday, I coached two classes, um, but fit a workout in, in between we act, it actually was DT, but, um, I didn't have quite enough time to warm up just because of coaching both classes. So I went a little bit lighter, um, on my DT and, uh, threw in an 800 meter run with that. So it felt pretty good. I feel like by Monday I'll be ready, ready to go full send. Yeah. My, my week was a little bit crazy because I came off judging the Arnold and I just, I said last episode, like I just was wrecked. Um, my ankles and my knees felt so bad for a couple days. Um, so I actually didn't make it back into the gym until Wednesday. Uh, did well there, had a good, good night doing that. And then, um, came in yesterday. So I went to the doctor on Thursday. I guess I need to add this little piece in, had, uh, my third of five skin grafts. Uh, but yeah. during that process found out that I have an infection in my leg. And I, and I probably could have told the doctor that when I walked in, cause I just felt it now. Like I can feel them. Yeah. yeah. And, and so <clears throat> he put me back on an antibiotic, which, you know, you have to do. And then they don't want me working out the day after the day of, or the day after a skin graft. Cause they want it to really kind of, um, weave in there with the, the natural skin. Uh, so yesterday I did a, a bro sesh, uh, did some bench press, uh, tried to get three rep max out of that and kind of leaked up and felt pretty good there. I love a good bro sesh. Yeah. It actually felt pretty good, you know, and it, like something like I needed. And then today, as you said, we did the DT, uh, three rounds of DT, 800 meter run, three rounds of DT. Uh, I had to modify the run to a salt bike. And so that's where, that's where the difficulty for this workout really came in for me. Yeah. Um, I hit the three rounds of DT pretty good. Um, yeah. the first three rounds, uh, done pretty fast, faster than I even kind of pictured I would be got over to the bike and the, the seat was way high, uh, <laughs> for my little legs and I couldn't grip the knob well enough to get it unscrewed to move the seat down because your forearms were like so tight or what? Yes. From okay. the three rounds of DT, I couldn't yeah. grip the, the knob. So by the yeah. time I got that done, 
like I, I had finished probably middle of the pack on the first three rounds of DT. Everybody passed me just trying to adjust the damn seat on the bike. <laughs> so I, I got through that. And then um, the, the second, so we had to do another three rounds of DT and I did the first two rounds were pretty good. That last round, man, I had nothing left of my grip at all. Um, but I was able to hold on for 11 deadlifts and then one and what I do one and six. Um, and then, and then I did three and did the six, uh, push jerks unbroken with with the last three clean. So I still was able to cycle pretty well without dropping the bar too much, but dang, it was, that was rough. Yeah. And so, and, and it's, you know, I kind of posted on Instagram today that you, you look at DT and you're like, yes, I get to cycle a barbell. And then right. three rounds in, you're like, damn it, this hurts. Totally. Because we always forget like, oh, there's a lot of cardio <laughs> with that. And cardio and grip. Like the grip is yeah. just unreal. Yeah. So we have a couple um, news items, too, that we want to talk about. Uh, we already talked about the about the sanctionals being gone. Yeah. Uh, what was that? Uh, I don't know. We're we're meal prepping in here. All kinds of all kinds of sounds going on in here. Okay. It sounded like the okay. aliens had broke into your phone and transmitted a signal. It it was the Instapot telling me that our um our rice was done. Oh, good news. Good news. Yeah. Yeah. You ready for the next step? I'm ready. Yeah. All right. So, um, so we actually had an athlete this week test positive, not for the coronavirus. Right. Um, but for a banned substance. And that yeah. person is Alana Fisk Cologne. Did I get that right? I need to From scroll. Yeah. Alana Fisk Cologne. Uh, she went to Instagram and and did the um, at this point, and I don't and I don't know her. I don't know if what she's saying is true or not. And I'm not, and this is no reflection of it. It's just that every athlete, other than Leftris Theophanides, who basically said yeah. "f you" to the world when that happened, uh, he the, she did the same thing that all the other competitors. I mistakenly took. Um, yeah. I would never do this. I'm against banned substances. And um, she finished 21st in the in the CrossFit Games. In the CrossFit Open, this year's oh, CrossFit sorry. Open. In the Open. Okay, I'm sorry, my bad. Yes. Yeah. So she actually qualified as a top 20 competitor from the Open. Yes. Um, and then at Wadapalooza, she finished eighth in a very stacked field. Uh, and won, um, so she won $4,000, $4,020 in prize money, which included, she won an event and I think it that, was the road. That sounds like 420. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Just saying, be tested yeah. positive. I heard 420. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see where your mind goes. Okay. Just moving right along. Go ahead. So what happens is she will be removed from the top 20 unless her appeal is overturned for some reason. And if that is in fact the case, then Rachel Garibay will get her position um, because she, she actually tied with Alexis Johnson in the open, but beat 
uh, Alexis Johnson in tiebreak. So Garibay gets that nod. Okay. And the other the other effect, we talked about how all the sanctionals are postponed up until Rogue. So right now, Rogue is still on. Um, Cologne had an invitation to the Rogue Invitational. She finished uh, fourth in her online qualifier. So with her being booted, I don't know what the rules are for Rogue, but they may go to the next person in line and okay. allow them to compete at Rogue as well. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be an interesting thing to just watch play out. What's going to happen? I mean, I think we're all just kind of watching the world play out with, with, you know, what's happening, but um, just in the CrossFit world, it's going to be interesting to see how, what they're going to do about the sanctionals and about the games and, um, and, and how that will play out. I'm, I'm curious to see. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah. I'm just hoping that, you know, this, this gets slowed down and we get back to normal mm -hmm. and, and everything's kind of uh, a okay, but until then, you know what's going on this weekend, don't you? Uh, what? The Masters and oh, uh, online teen qualifiers. online qualifiers. Yeah. Yep. So hey, one of my teammates from the Arnold has been working on the online qualifier this week. One of your teammates from the Arnold? Did yeah. he make the top two hundred? He's it, no one of my teammates from the Arnold is working on the Masters online qualifier right now at the gym. Just doing it for fun, or did he qualify? Well, he must have qualified because he's doing the workouts. He was videotaping them. Oh my goodness! I didn't even know that. Yeah, he's kind of a big deal. That's why we probably won. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. I mean, ex OSU gymnast. Just saying. Yeah, I mean, he's he is pretty fit. Yeah, I oh, like super fit. Yeah. So I actually went through. Um, I went through the thirty-five to thirty-nine age group, just because yeah. they're they were most recently in our kind of, in our um, you know us OG CrossFit Games watchers. These are the people that we used to watch all the time. There are yeah. some huge names in that 35 to 39 um age group yeah uh, on the men's side dan bailey mm -hmm. nick your yeah. nick your anchor yeah um on the women's side uh one miss uh stacy tovar oh becca voigt miller of course uh anna tobias um Sam Briggs. I don't know why she's doing it because she's qualified for the games already like 17 times. Listen, she can just do whatever the heck she wants to. True. I that. mean, really? So she'll, yeah. maybe she'll compete in both at the games just to see. Why not? Why the heck not? She, she can. Yeah. So what's cool is like, they're all kind of posting some stuff about that online uh, on Instagram and, and stuff like that. So it does give you a little bit of a taste of what's going on this weekend and is kind of filling that gap of not being able to watch anything CrossFit this weekend um, just by kind of checking out the social media profiles. Yeah. So I guess I'll be an Instagram stalker for the next day or two. Oh, for sure. For sure. So with that, um, anything that you saw interesting on the internet this week? 
Okay. Well, first of all, the internet's blowing up with coronavirus and toilet paper hoarding. But here's what I will say. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's mine is twofold. Okay. So number one is you know we all know that the country of Italy is on lockdown um, because of the coronavirus. But I recently visited that place. I did not bring the corona back here. I just what? messed up. Sorry. Hello. Sorry. <laughs> My bad. Can we edit this or are we just going to roll? We'll just go ahead and start again with your Italy talk. Okay. So my my favorite thing on the internet this week is twofold. You know, it's been um, crazy coronavirus all over the internet. But, you know, just ha- recently having traveled to Italy, um, you know, I got there and got home just in time despite everybody at teasing me. I did not bring coronavirus back here. Um but the gym that I dropped in at has been um, closed down as well. And I've just been following them posting um, a, a bunch of at-home workouts for athletes to be doing during their closure. And what's been so great is that on their story, they've also been just sharing other athletes at the gym that have been doing the at-home workouts. And so it's just been great to see that in the time of this, like they're still finding ways to get moving and keep their body healthy while they're at home. Like they're doing ground overhead with a full case of uh, bottled water or, you know, just putting backpacks on, filling backpacks full of stuff and doing box step ups, like, you know, just stepping up on a table. So I think it's just comforting to know that, listen, Regardless of what might be happening right now, there's still a way for us to find community and still a way for us to find um, a way to keep our bodies moving and be healthy. So that's one part. And then the second part also related to Italy was I've loved the part of seeing um, there's been a lot of like YouTube or Instagram videos of people living, you know, in being stuck in their home in Italy and you can hear them singing out. Um, out of their open windows and the whole like street is singing. And I just find comfort in that knowing again, there's this really big kind of scary thing that's happening. We don't know what's going on right now, but here's a way that we can find comfort by sharing music and sharing community together. So that would be my look at that. Did you see, hear that? I feel like I just got emotional on the podcast. You did. I was just going to say like, it's 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 a it's a switch of roles because usually I'm the the sentimental one and you know with the tear drop coming down my cheek and you're the one that just talks about con porter and his speedo and I mean you're right but today I was something different this time see I I just wanted to show listeners I can I too can be an an emotional person well I'm all right can I say I'm proud of you I'm so glad to hear that so proud thank you my little amy's growing up well Well, what's really funny about that though is really i'm actually the feelings friend (laughs) right right when somebody has feelings they come to me and let's let's talk about your feelings although when i get on this podcast i just want to have fun and talk about hot guys and their speedos yeah you are the person i go to to vent um to talk things out with um so yeah you Outside of the podcast, you are kind of the feelings friend. I am. That's true. All right. All right. Let's hear your your uh, thing on the internet. So my favorite thing uh, kind of goes back to our last episode, uh, the Buttery Bros. Oh, 
their new release. Uh, it's called Dan Bailey's Pyramid Pump Challenge. And the reason yeah. it's my favorite thing from the internet is oh. guess guess who made an appearance? <gasps> Danny Proflex. Danny Proflex. Pump yeah, juice. Pump juice. <laughs> <laughs> so um so yeah, it I mean I was giddy of seeing him back doing the stuff. Um, and so much so that I know you and I went back into the catalog of Danny oh, Broflex yeah. uh, just videos. to just to whet the appetite a bit for we what did. what is to come. Um, I cannot wait for more Danny Broflex. Totally. Uh, and we actually, I think the first one we actually checked out was what uh, Mar said was his favorite one ever, and that is the chess match. Yeah. And that that is that is epic, and so that was really fun. And and I do have to say, in addition to Danny Broflex, that pump pyramid is something I definitely want to try. Yeah, but it was kind of crazy watching them fail on the empty bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, how massive? I mean, massive are those biceps? <laughs> Am somehow, I right? Somehow we're back to a hot guy. Okay. Oh, sorry. How did that happen? I don't know. I got distracted. It's like squirrels. Oh, Hawkeye. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. That they, they are massive though. My they goodness. are massive. Oh my goodness. Well, that was fun. Uh, yeah. In this crazy week, we had a little fun to end the show. Um, well, I hope you all enjoyed that. Until next time, this has been the Clydesdale CrossFitter and Friends. Thank you for joining us on the Clydesdale CrossFitter and Friends. We are available on all major podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Please, if you liked what you just heard, hit that subscribe button and consider giving us a five-star rating. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale CrossFitter and Friends.